Hello everyone, this is another episode of Cantastic Wrestle Corner. I am your host, Alan Can, also known as The Cantastic on Twitter, Instagram, and on SLTD Wrestling. So, the week has come and gone, and the new era of NXT 2.0, quote-unquote, has uh, dawned on us. And suffice it to say, it was uh, two hours of somewhat confusion and somewhat relief. Um certain title changes. I'll get into that later. But I would have to say that the new format and presentation I think is actually pretty good in terms of uh, the look. I mean after a year or so of like a pandemic era of the last previous period of NXT where everyone was black and everyone was behind a fence. I know the fans were back in attendance during those last few months but still being behind the fence just doesn't have that like close uh, like in intimate look that the old NXT used to have even though the new format does have like plexiglass shields um, separating the fans from the wrestling ring it was still pretty okay I thought uh, there was actually more space around the ring this time so uh, guys can do more moves uh, without uh, potentially injuring themselves and um, and the entrance ramp was pretty dope um, not sure about the tie-dyed effect so far. It's uh, a bit takes a bit of getting used to for the eyes, but I don't think the presentation is really that big a deal overall. Even if it's like a Vince McMahon idea, um, it's really what's um, the booking going forward and which guys and women are being uh, pushed to the forefront. That's really what we should be talking about. You take a look. We're the the building towards this, um, you know, fatal four way title match now because Samoa Joe had to vacate the NXT title, so it was either going to be Champa, O'Reilly, Knight, uh, or Pete Dunne. Um, this is where the Vince McMahon influence starts uh, creeping forward. LA Knight, for no reason, gets challenged to a match by this young guy who. If you don't know him, his name is Bronson Reichsteiner. He is the son of um, legendary uh, Rick Steiner, one half of the Steiner Brothers. He doesn't come out as the name that we thought he was going to come out with, Rex Steiner, which would have made sense. And it's still a pretty kick-ass name. But he's introduced as Braun Breaker. And his wrestling singlet is also tie-dyed as well. So I jokingly replied to Twitter on someone when they asked what he was wearing. I said, apparently the new logo. So Braun Breaker is challenging Knight to a match. And just out of sheer arrogance, which is in line with LA Knight's character, he accepts the match. But here's a funny part. Uh, Braun Breaker surprisingly gets the pinfall over LA Knight, who is competing for the NXT title later on tonight in the basically co-main event because this episode of NXT, the, the closing segment was of course the Index Wedding. Um, yeah, I don't know, even like even if LA Knight was booked to just say, oh, I'm so embarrassed, I'm not gonna be in the title match anymore, I would not be surprised. This guy is most likely main roster bound. The WWE draft is coming in a few weeks and I would not be surprised if he shows up on Raw or SmackDown at this point, I mean, come on. Like, I mean, he lost that million dollar championship. I mean, you're, you could have him go after the NXT title. And probably if Samoa Joe was still the champion, um, it was LA Knight could potentially have been one of the guys um, going head on head 
at Joe for the belt because I think O'Reilly and Dunn have some have some uh, unfinished business, and Champa and Ridge Holland should have been uh, facing each other. But of course, I'm thinking as though Triple H is still running the show most mainly on NXT, which I don't think he is. I mean, I think going forward, he and Shawn Michaels are still going to be in charge of like day-to-day operations and uh, storyline-wise, but I think there's going to be a heavy McMahon influence going forward, right? So yeah, Braun Breaker is being pushed. Uh, apparently, he's uh, of course, you know, Vince wants the new guys getting a push. He wants like, you know, anybody under 30 at this point to get um, to get on TV. So we got Braun Breaker and um, yeah, the name's gonna get some take some getting used to. I mean, what the hell is a Braun Breaker anyway? I mean, I hear the only reason they changed his name is because of the heat between the company and Scott Steiner, which is no none of this kid's fault, by the way. Uh, whatever issues they have with Scott Steiner. So I don't know exactly what they have problems with Scott Steiner other than Scott Steiner once saying the, hall, the, the WWE uh, Hall of Fame isn't worth shit and he doesn't want to be in it, <laughs> which I don't blame him for. Um, so there's that. And now we get um, a couple of other matches. Uh, Imperium faces the duel of Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Brooks Jensen apparently is the son of former WWE wrestler Bo Buchanan. And I don't know if they just gave him the name Brooks Jensen because BJ sort of is a match for JB. So I don't know what this team name is going to be called. What are they going to be called? The matching acronym, the matching initials. Who knows? But anyway, thank God that Imperium went over. Um, Marcel Bartel, some people say he looks like he's 16 and 60 at the same time. I think that means in terms of his uh, ripped physique. But for now, um, Imperium is still looking strong. I don't know uh, where they are going to go f- forward. I mean, I would prefer they remain in NXT, even though the new look doesn't seem to fit their much darker character presentation. At this point, I'm really not sure because Walter just dropped the UK title and um, not sure where this faction is going forward because Walter's not going to be over in the States all the time. So are these guys going to go back to... Um, NXT UK at some point, who knows? But um, Brooks Jensen, Josh Briggs, no, they're still looking pretty strong. Josh Briggs was actually in the um, NXT Breakout Tournament. He's a big dude, so expect more things from him. Uh, get next, we get a match with uh, the girl from Hit Row, B Fab versus Karina Cortez. So this is B Fab's in-ring debut as, a, as in a singles match. I don't know if she ever had a match before on NXT house shows. So this is just to showcase that the girl on Hit Row can fight as well as um, the newly added Electra Lopez uh, over on uh, Legado del Fantasma. So B Fab and fin- uh, Lopez they're gonna face off at some point. Not sure when. Um, Santos Escobar obviously I think is going to face. Um, a swerve for the North American title at some point. I just don't know when they're going to get that done. But with Vince in charge now, who knows? Santos could end up on the main roster and just cut off that storyline entirely. And oh my god, this would be terrible. But if Santos gets like um, cut from WWE altogether, that would be Bronson Reed levels of catastrophe. Uh, next, we get the uh, a match between... 
Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy Rose versus Casey Canzaro, Caden Carter, and Soray. Well, actually, I think this was originally just a tag match between Dolan and Jane against Carter and Canzaro. But then Mandy Rose ran in, she was wearing a hoodie. Um, her features were kind of hidden in a backstage segment before. Just, they're just playing up on this part that Soray kicked her in the face and she had to wear like a protective mask. But then she unveils her hood and apparently Mandy Rose has gone brunette. So, uh, doesn't really make a difference to me. She's still ridiculously hot. Uh, she looks fit like crazy. Um, so this, and then Soray runs in to like help out the faces. So they get the six women tag match. And uh, Mandy Rose's team ends up going over. So, you know, take that as you will. Next, we get a squash match between Rich Holland and Drake Maverick. I don't know why Drake Maverick is back on NXT. I thought he got shuffled over onto Raw to do 24-7 title shenanigans. But again, Rich Holland looking like a monster. He attacked Maverick before the match and just squashes him. So yeah, Rich Holland, we're a big, big ass monster. And then next, we get the Creed Brothers from um, we call Diamond Mine versus two jobber local competitors. Another squash. They look like crazy freaks out there. These guys look like they're just 20 years old or something. And um, yeah, that that's that was that for that was um, that was that match. And then uh, oh yeah, so I I'm not sure if it was during this tag team match that they get a very small corner panel showing backstage stuff happening. Apparently Kyle O'Reilly gets jumped by Pete Dunne and Ridge. And then he's taken out before he's saved by some random tall dude with a blonde ponytail. So Kyle O'Reilly is now medically unable to compete on the, in the title match. And he gets replaced. William Regal just replaces him with a dude named Von Wagner. Walk Wagner is spelled W-A-G-N-E-R. So not like the Braun, uh, Braun Breaker situation where people don't really recognize him. But this dude, Von Wagner, I don't think anybody recognizes him. Um, I think I looked up his name. His real name is like Cal Bloom. Uh, I'm gonna, sorry guys, this is a live uh, Google search. Cal Bloom is a former American foot college football player. He played for UCF University of Central Florida as a tight end for the UCF Knights from 2012 to 2016. So apparently no wrestling background. Uh, his father is Wayne Bloom, who actually was a retired wrestler. He is a retired wrestler. Uh, Wayne Bloom was in the American Wrestling Association as well as WCW and retired from the ring in 1999. Okay, so he does, so Von Wagner, Cal Bloom, does have some wrestling lineage, except he was playing football, and now is apparently in his debut on NXT 2.0, is gonna be in the mix for the NXT title. So can you imagine this kid, um, I think he's like 25, 26, getting thrown in his first match is for the title. So that's crazy. Um, if you were wondering what Von Wagner looks like, uh, think of a Cro-Magnum Neanderthal man version of like Blackjack Bradshaw 
as in like JBL in the old days back in the 90s. So that's what Von Walker looks like. I mean, he looks like a big, very impressive dude, but I mean, come on, like you can't just thrust a rookie into a title situation. But apparently, in Vince McMahon's world, you can. Um, oh, another uh, interesting side note. Apparently, they're introducing another sort of Italian stereotype character named uh, Tony D'Angelo. This guy apparently is an amateur wrestling background, but they gave him a vignette, a vignette of him walking down the streets of like Philadelphia or New York somewhere or Jersey, who knows? And he's saying he was, uh, you know, steeped in the family business. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, he's gonna learn. He's gonna apply those trades into the wrestling ring. And then who says Tony D'Angelo coming soon? So here's a whole brand new character being introduced in the right way. I would say this was this would have been done in like the Triple H um, era of NXT as well. But I don't know it's kind of corny, but we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a lot of jokes uh, that were floating around on Twitter afterwards about, uh, um, you know, oh, look, they're bringing back uh, full blooded Italians to uh, 2.0 to get or something. So we'll see what happens with that one. Um, Okay, let's let me just move on to the last two segments before I just wrap up overall what I thought of uh, this new era of NXT. So we get the NXT title match, Tommaso Ciampa versus Pete Dunne versus LA Knight versus now Von Wagner. This was a pretty good match, a lot of going back and forth. Wagner actually, you know, held himself, held to, held to his own. Um, I think at the end, Ciampa pins LA Knight in the match and he becomes a two-time NXT champion. So rejoice, thank God, Goldie is reunited with Champa, and this was probably the safest choice at this point, because obviously Kyle, I don't know, maybe they're going to do a program with him and Dunn, as I mentioned earlier, LA Knight is probably main roster bound, um, yeah, and uh, as for Champa, you need sort of like experienced hand there to kind of like keep the roster grounded because apparently Champa is being thrust into a potential challenge from you guessed it Braun Breaker as um as the index wedding closed off Champa apparently was for some reason watching backstage on the monitor Braun Breaker walks up to him congratulates him on the win Champa congratulates the kid on his first match they have a little stare down uh, they shake each other's hands they keep they keep holding each other's hand uh, in the shaking while they're staring at each other so you're like oh great here we go this is being booked we can't change it as for the index wedding it was I would encourage everyone to go back and watch it it's actually one of the funnier sports entertainment segments you could possibly find out there everything from the missing ring bit to the, the one of the guests having the ring in his pocket to the priest getting knocked out and Beth Phoenix apparently um, applied for a, um, a licensed or they become a licensed ordained minister online just the night before um, Everybody apparently for some reason objecting to the union before Dexter opens his coat to show that he has a hatchet in there which then makes everyone put their hands down which I'm like wondering if everybody objected to the wedding why the hell are they showing up dressed to the nines I mean if you look at Io Shirai she looked amazing I'm just saying that's just my little thing out there um, like everybody was there like Zoe Stark, Io Shirai, um, MSK, Kushida they were just Kushida was actually just in a previous segment 
facing down Roddy Strong and Diamond Mine and saying that next week he's getting his Cruiserweight title shot. So there you go. Um, yeah, just so not a lot of crazy shenanigans. The most surprising thing about the wedding was they actually got married. They exchanged vows. Dexter, for the first time since he debuted on NXT, spoke. He slowly just said the words, I do. And that was it. They were they were married. And, they, you know, I mean, I think that is the swerve right there. When a wrestling wedding goes off without a hitch, without, like, someone coming in and tombstone pile driving the priest or, like, some crazy, um, you know, um, scandal breaking out or, like, a third person being inserted saying, I'm carrying your love child or some crazy pregnancy thing being inserted into the wedding. So they got married. So they're now... You know, in terms of NXT storyline, husband and wife. So we'll see how that's going forward. Good for Dexter. Good for Indy. This looks pretty cool. Um, you know, Johnny and Candace look like they approve. Austin Theory is back. Forgot to mention that. Um, he brought Damian Priest with him, but Damian Priest apparently only showed up for the um, backstage after party because he wasn't in the ring for the wedding. Uh, funny thing is, Dexter's groomsmen were. Austin, Cameron Grimes, who he had a feud with last year, and the new guy, Odyssey Jones, who is really over with the audience. Like, people were chanting, Odyssey, Odyssey. Like, this is the sort of guy that they would want on this new NXT uh, programming. So, the wedding goes off on a hitch. Champion and Braun Breaker looks like that's going to be the potential title match going forward. Oh my god, I don't know. I mean, here's where my sum up wrapping it up is all. Um... So this is definitely a new NXT. I do not foresee this version of NXT going to do like a Survivor Series uh, um, inclusion um, in November because it just does not look like the 2019 NXT when you had all the big names from the independents, right? And also some stars that had been mainstay NXT for years. This is really looking like the sort of version of developmental that um, Vince McMahon wanted to go back to so I've spoken on this before I'm afraid it's just gonna be like trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube uh, so far just if it was just this episode alone it looks like it might be working uh, to the extent of what the vision of sports entertainment overall is do I think this can be sustained and be competitive with you know other wrestling promotions that ship has sailed a long time ago AEW beat NXT there's no question about that the question now is is AEW gonna beat Monday Night Raw so that's the thing we should all as wrestling fans in the wrestling community look look forward to in the remaining year uh, months of 2021 and going into 2022 because at some point AEW is likely gonna be like maybe matching equaling Raw's ratings or maybe even surpassing them at some point uh as for this nxt it's too soon to say i mean let's just see how these guys are are promoted going forward and if they can be eventually main roster bound because it still looks like it's what's going to happen but with the with the way things have been done before NXT talent going over to Raw or SmackDown, it's not always a good thing. 
And so I really hope, honestly, at this point, uh, one more thing, I just hope that Samoa Joe gets better. And I hope, hopefully he can come back to this NXT and maybe still do some things because I would rather see him on NXT than I would see him on the main rosters at this point still. Um, is there a chance that other established talent on Raw or SmackDown will go over on NXT during the draft? Not a chance. I'm anticipating a lot of NXT call-ups uh, during the draft in a few weeks. Um, who knows? Who knows what will happen? And that's my thoughts on uh, the new NXT 2.0 this week. Uh, please follow SLTD Wrestling on all the things, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, keep watching for our podcast, our normal podcast, SLTD Wrestling. You can catch me on this podcast once in a while when I have time. And again, my name is Alan Can at The Cantastic on social media and on SLTD Wrestling. Have a good day, everyone.